Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson, and welcome to the weekly vlog. All right, it's October 2020, and Halloween is around the corner. Now, if you don't partake of Halloween for whatever reason, not your holiday, not your custom, not your nationality, I think it's mostly an American thing, but um, I think it's starting to spread to some other countries as well. But anyway, um, then cool in the gang. And there might be nuggets from this video that will translate to how you might think about orienting to any sort of food related holiday where there tends to be a lot of food eaten that we don't really um, eat in Bright Line Eating. So that said, this video is going to be about Halloween. It's coming up and... I want to break down our discussion today about how to ha handle Halloween into two broad categories, um, adults and kids. So adults, what do you do about Halloween if you're doing Bright Line Eating? If you're new to Bright Line Eating, this might not be a trivial question at all. So here's what I want to say about that. It's really up to you. Not in terms, I mean, it's all up to you. But what I mean by that is not like uh, whether you eat candy is up to you. I mean, of course, that is up to you. But I would recommend if you're doing Bright Line Eating that you don't. I mean, here's how I've oriented toward the holidays since I started doing my best to not eat sugar, not eat flour, put my food on the scale, um, you know, 17, 18, whatever years ago. Um, I have really oriented toward I don't eat food that's not my food on holidays. I just don't. But whether I partake of the holiday is really the open question, meaning do I lean in or do I opt out? And that's what I mean when I say it's really up to you. It's really up to you. And the question I ask myself and I invite you to consider asking yourself is, what would feel most supportive of my recovery this year in relation to this holiday? Like, would it feel really um, alive and fun and exciting to um, get dressed up, to think about a fun costume, to decorate the house, the porch, the street, the neighborhood? Would it feel um, just alive and engaged and community minded to, you know, show up for the kids who might come around and maybe go to a party where I might see a bunch of people that I know and like and dance, you know, away the night. That's one approach, right? The lean in approach. And really there's ways to lean in where the food becomes a non-issue, right? If I am grounded in my bright line eating journey, Life becomes about the people, the relationships, the events, the um, sparkle, the colors, the fun, the music, the movement. And um, in between there, I eat my planned meal at mealtime so that I'm fueled for all that fun. And it really is that simple. Now, the other direction to go is opt out, right? To maybe go, yeah, this is not my holiday this year, right? 
either because that would be too tempting, too um, draining from a temptation perspective, too um, potentially triggering, or just like um, not actually fun, right? Like, oh, I actually would prefer to darken the stoop, turn the lights off, and watch a movie, or um, just leave the house for that night, or, you know, fill in the blank, right? Read a book, whatever it might be. Completely legitimate options, both right? Both. And the thing I invite you to watch out for, especially if you're newer on your bright line eating journey or your lines have not been particularly bright, is to watch out for this um, subtle trick of the food indulger part of us that will say, oh yeah, Susan Pierce Thompson said we could lean into the holiday why don't we go and participate when really it's a part of us that is trying to extract some vicarious pleasure from all the food, all the sugary food to leave a door open to maybe eating some of it, right? If that's actually part of the underlying motive, if I ever feel that in myself, I opt out. I just keep myself safe. I just keep myself, you know, because the reality is um, for me, what I want most out of this bright line eating journey and what that means to me, what it means to feel neutral around my food, to be healthy and live in a bright body that is the right size for me, for my genetics and my frame, to um, have that stay consistent not just month after month, but year after year, to um, get to live the full, rich, brilliant life that I get to live when I'm not obsessed with my food and my weight and feeling out of control or enslaved by my eating. All that is so valuable to me that I um, will willingly sacrifice any given night of any really activity, honestly, um, because what I want most out of this bright line eating journey is worth more than what I might think I want right now, always. So just keep an eye out for that, right? What's the underlying motive? And what's the um, centered, grounded, calm, wise self-choice, right? Now, that's, that's kind of what I got to say about being an adult who does bright line eating on Halloween. It, it really is um, okay in my experience to partake in any given kind of way you want. I mean, I'm from San Francisco. Just saying, San Francisco's off the hook on Halloween. Like, it is a fun night. And if you want to be out there, you know, with the revelry, like, by all means, right? Go do that. Um, and if you don't, then by all means, go do that. Okay. Kids, I got three still. <laughs> Haven't lost any of them yet. Um, yep. Okay, kids and Halloween, it's tricky, it's tricky. You might be surprised to learn that I am actually of a mind that I do not um, deny my kids a big sugar binge on Halloween. I don't begrudge them it. I don't um, uh, give them any grumpy energy about it. They get all their candy, they sort it, they gloat over it. Um, they eat it for hours and hours and hours and hours. And Halloween is like fair game the next day too. And then the candy goes away. So it's kind of like at that point, 
we've done different things when they were young. I, I learned about the great pumpkin idea too late, unfortunately, for because they were just too old already. But um, if I had known, I would have done the great pumpkin tradition, which apparently is something like um, uh, you take all the candy, you bundle it up, you maybe gift wrap it, you leave it on the stoop and overnight the great pumpkin comes and takes it away and leaves a gift, leaves some sort of exciting toy or something like that. Little kids apparently love this. They're happy to, you know, give their candy to the great pumpkin in exchange for a toy. I think that's brilliant. Um, I'm a fan. At the point where um, uh, I was kind of grappling with this with my kids, what we just did is we brought it into school and donated it. Um, and their school had a donation program and you just brought it into the bin. And so I just let them know whatever day Halloween was, it was like, okay, you get tonight, you get the next day, and then we're bringing it into school and donating it. And they've just gotten used to that. And that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, I do want to say that I have noticed over the years, I feel better about certain kinds of donation than others, right? Because I'm super aware of the statistics of socioeconomic status and health metrics, right? So the idea of donating food to kids from low socioeconomic status backgrounds feels really uncomfortable to me because those are the kids that are even more likely to be saddled with diabetes at such a young age that they're facing blindness, leg amputation, and heart attack in their 30s and 40s and 50s because of, um, you know, like food deserts and so forth. So I feel super uncomfortable with the idea of donating Halloween candy um, to the less privileged. That feels to me like um, an incongruous thing to do, given my perspective on, um, you know, the importance of supporting health uh, across the board. So, um, however, our dentist has had a candy buyback program for a long time where you can bring the candy in, they weigh it, and then they give a certain amount of pennies or, you know, cents or whatever per pound of candy that you bring in. My understanding is they just take that stuff to the, like, it's just gone. It's not donated anywhere. So I kind of like that idea. Uh, and of course, you could just do that yourself with your kids. Like, hey, let's, we've got a digital food scale, right? <laughs> you've got a scale. You could just weigh that candy and give them money for it. And that could be one way that it could go away. Um, oh, gosh, with kids, what else? Oh, the last thing I want to share is a newish innovation. Um, for lots of years, we used to give candy. You know, we used to buy candy and give it out to kids. And then um, I think it was like last year, I started to feel like, wait, we're doing this, why? And I just started to feel really not okay about providing candy to kids in the neighborhood. It just didn't feel right to me. So last year, and I'll do this again this year, I went to the bank with 20 bucks and I got rolls of pennies. And we opened the rolls of pennies into a bowl. $20 turned out to be way more pennies than I expected. It was massive, we had leftover. And kids got to reach, they, you should have seen their faces light up when they saw this bowl of shiny pennies. They're like, oh, money. I don't know if you realize, like kids don't really get, young kids don't really get the difference of like a penny, a nickel, a dime, a quark. Pennies look, you know, they're the colorful ones, right? Like they love pennies. And 
you know, we would just say one handful per kid, but as much as you can fit into one handful. And they would reach their paws into this bowl of pennies with such glee and like, oh, and then put it in their bag. And they were so happy, happier than I ever saw them um, over candy. And I felt really good about giving away pennies in a way that I did not feel good about giving away candy. So um, just wanted to suggest that as an alternative as well. Um, yeah. Halloween in America marks the beginning of the succession of food-related holidays. And um, I just want to say for myself, although, and you can watch old vlogs to get the nitty-gritty, I have not had perfect bright lines since I started doing this in 2003. But from the very beginning, since 2003, I never break my bright lines on the major holidays. I just don't. Um, I think probably because I've been all in with this bright line eating thing um, from an identity perspective, whenever I've broken, I haven't meant to. It's not like a plan. Like I, I don't have a brain that tells me like, um, oh, you can eat on Halloween and just get back on track the next day. I know that that's not true for me. So the blessing for me of having been vigilant and online and present with my Brightline eating journey since the beginning is I've now earned a brain that doesn't suggest otherwise as this holiday rolls around. And I just want to mention that as we round out this vlog uh, for you to consider if you're new to Brightline eating that there is a lot of payoff in investing in your earliest holiday experiences with a no exceptions policy because I promise these holidays will come around again before you know it and after a couple times around the sun you won't be saddled anymore with a brain that is suggesting that Halloween needs to have candy involved in your mouth for it to be a good enough Halloween you will start to have a brain that starts to think more about like what costume am I going to wear this year, if any? How do I feel about Halloween? Do I want to really show up or not? And the day will dawn. This is my experience. The day will dawn. The night will proceed. And the head will hit the pillow without even a thought of eating anything other than breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's just my experience, and it's available to you, too. So I just wanted to mention that at the end here. If you're going to partake, happy Halloween. If you're not, same, same. It's just another day. That's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.